I'd like now for us, our attention, to go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12. I'm just going to read a few verses from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, several, 38 to 42, verses 38 through 42. I'll speak on something that I was going to speak on before at a communion service, but I put it off because... Uh, Dr. Truman was going to do communion at that time, and it just didn't. I, I saved it for another time. And this is a time such as this. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, beginning with verse 38. I'm going to just read through uh, verse 42. Hear now, dear people of God, his word to you. Certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. May God bless his word to our hearts. Heavenly Lord, thank you. Thank you for our time as a congregation of your people, uh, to be in your presence, to uh, sing songs, praises to you before you, pray prayers, asking things that you have permitted us to ask in the name of Jesus. And now, supping upon your word and also coming the Lord's Supper. What a wonderful event, spiritual event this is for us today. And we thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm focusing on verse 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, or Jonah, as we know him. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. And what I'd like to begin with is going back to verse 38 now, to start off things, where at the end of that verse, the uh, scribes and the Pharisees, the Jews, are asking for a sign. And Jesus condemns that. 
An evil, adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. Well, the first thing that I would like to point up and point out is that it's it's evil. It's evil to say to the Lord, prove your love to me or prove yourself. Prove your your presence in my life by healing me or giving me a sign of something or a miracle of some sort. Show me that you care. That's evil. And people that make overtures like that, I don't think they mean it that way to be evil and selfish. Like the Pharisees and the scribes, they just were rebellious, right? Pure rebellion. I don't think people that are Christians are asking for signs and wonders and miracles and healings and tongues and all this stuff in their lives are are the scribes and Pharisees. But they're not hearing what Jesus told them. That the only sign you're going to be given this generation and henceforth is the sign of Jonah. Now, what is that sign? And I want to talk about that a little bit more. But before I do, I just want to... uh, Maybe you're interested in this little theological footnote. Maybe not. It's not going to matter too much to you, whether you believe it's this way or that way. But... The scripture calls Jonah and Jesus a sign. That's what it says here, right? Give us a sign. And the only sign you're going to be getting is a sign of Jonah. Some say that Jesus is, or Jonah was a type of Christ. A type. Like David was a type of Christ. Canaan is a type of heaven. Uh, You know, there are types and archetypes. Christ's the archetype. Uh, But here it says a sign, and some people would argue that Christ is not a type so much as a sign. Because Jonah was disobedient and wound up in the belly of the great fish. Jesus was obedient and wound up in the belly of the earth. So, you know, typology's perhaps a little weak, but he's certainly called a sign. Now, again, whether you call it a sign or a type, it doesn't even... Well, it should matter because it's in the scripture and he's called a sign. And he's called a sign for a reason. And a sign, you know what a sign does, right? It points to something, some greater reality. The sign itself is not the reality. But the greater reality. Jonah is a sign of a greater reality. And the greater reality 
is Christ. He's a sign of Christ. I think most people would agree with that, whether they call him a type or not. He's certainly a sign. And he is a sign of something greater. Like I said, and you know, a sign is not the reality. It points to the reality. Even though Jonah was a real person, and the great fish that God prepared, especially for the event in Jonah's life, bringing him to Nineveh, was real. It's not just a story to be told to the kids and at Sunday school and, you know, wow people. Just like Job is real. I probed a little Professor Truman about that. And uh, I commended him for being so intelligent and still believing that Job is real, that it really did happen. Because most people, when they get that high and lofty, and he's not a, uh, a high and lofty person in, the, in, in his attitude. He's a humble man. But... Uh, when they get to the point where they're studying and studying and reading all these bright and brilliant people and all the research that they've done, all the connections that they've made, to that, it begins, Genesis begins to fade away, the reality of Genesis, Noah's Ark begins to fade away as reality, uh, stories like uh, Jonah and the whale or the great fish begin to fade away. Job, of course, one thing after the other after you're happening like that. Have you ever had a bad day or a bad week? You know, I mean, people, that, that's real. But, you know, that begins to fade away. And pretty soon you get to the point where Jesus and the physical or bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ begins to fade in the backdrop of life. I mean, it, it doesn't, sin doesn't stop, right? It, 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 like leaven through bread, it works its way. And uh, sin does not just compartmentalize in us somewhere and stay. It breaks out, breaks free and, and wrecks, wrecks havoc in our lives. So having straightened all that, Jonah is a sign. As Jesus said right here, that you're going to be given the sign of the prophet. You know, what's the sign of the prophet? The sign, remember, is pointing to a greater reality. And that greater reality is Christ. For Christ points that out, right? When he said, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment. This day they condemn because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Jonah was pointing to me. His preaching was pointing to me. His salvation of the Ninevites, Gentiles, enemies, were point, was pointing to me. Simple. <clears throat> So I want to talk about uh, the the greatest sermon that Christ, that Christ preaches in Jonah. Uh, he's a greater savior. He is a savior, and he's a, there's a greater judgment as a result of what we have been given by Jesus Christ. And what the Ninevites did not have, but we have. 
I think that by spiritual instinct, if I can say it that way, you all realize that Jesus is greater than Jonah. And Jesus was talking about himself. And Jonah was talking, and Jonah was pointing to him. The whole event and Jonah and preaching uh, was pointing to him. By the way, what did what did Jonah preach? Do you remember what he preached? Here we go, back in Jonah chapter 3. I'm going to get into this in the future, maybe as soon as next week or so. Continuing, I started in chapters 1, 2, and into 3 a little bit. Anyway, in Jonah chapter 3, the Lord tells him to go to Nineveh. He goes to Nineveh, and it was a scene great city, so it took three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, and this is his message. This was his sermon. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's essentially, that was essentially his message. Forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And now a greater than Jonah appears on the scene. And you remember how Christ began his ministry as John before him began his ministry. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? So Jonah's message to the Ninevites that caused a grand salvation to occur from uh, north to south, east to west, you know, the whole place. Repentance. Maybe not every single person in the city repented, but a great deal did from the king on down. And all he said, 40 days and you're going to be overthrown. Repent. John the Baptist began his ministry that way. Jesus began his ministry that way. Now, obviously Jesus is greater than Jonah because uh, Jonah was preaching or saying the simple thing that he said here, 40 days and, you know, that, that, was, that was it. But Jonah was not, his heart wasn't really in it, was it? He didn't like the Ninevites. They were his enemies. Jonah was sulking all the way through that three-day journey of preaching that simple message. Repent! Ninevites, 40 days, the city's going to be destroyed. Repent. 40 days, the city's going to be destroyed. Repent. And he had a bad attitude. But that was the gospel that was being preached at the time. Simple message there. And it converted, if not everyone, many in that city. Almost everyone. But what was he preaching? He was preaching the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news, right? 
the good news of Jesus Christ. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repentance. That's what Jesus was preaching. But you see, the difference between Jonah and Jesus is like the difference between you, me, and Jesus. Jonah was just a man. Jonah was just a prophet. Jonah was a sinful prophet, a sulking prophet at that. Jesus was a perfect man and, of course, perfect God. The God, God and man. Jesus, in other words, is the gospel. He's the heart and core and soul of the gospel. Jonah didn't even have his, his soul in it when he was going through Nineveh. But Jesus is the soul, the heart and soul of the gospel. In fact, all the prophets we are told by the Apostle Peter, for example, all the prophets were preaching Christ. They were speaking about Christ. They were speaking God's inspired language concerning his son, the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ, the anointed one. It was the spirit of Christ who spoke through Jonah as well as all the prophets. Now, you might say that the Ninevites, uh, they didn't understand all the promises uh, that were in the scriptures about Messiah, all the words about Messiah and all that. But they understood the miracle, the sign, and the wonder of Jonah. Remember I preached about this. I I spoke about this from the book of Jonah before. What was the sign of Jonah? What was the miracle of Jonah? You may remember. The miracle of Jonah was that he was going, as God told him to go to Nineveh, he was going the opposite direction. So God sends a terrible storm on the sea. It was tossing the boat to and fro. Everybody was afraid. Finally, they come to Jonah after drawing lots, and and Jonah tells them, it's because of me. God told me to go one way to Nineveh. I've gone the opposite way, and he is angry. What you need to do is toss me into the water, and the sea will calm. They tried everything else, but Nothing would work. Finally, they asked for forgiveness and they threw him into the sea and immediately it calmed down. A great fish that God prepared, probably one of a kind, not around now, whatever. It's not really a whale. I know the King James says a whale. Probably not a whale, but could have been. But whatever it was, swallowed him and brought him to Nineveh spat him out on the land, and of course the Ninevites saw this. The report about this went through, and the, the, the story was told. 
Word was out that this prophet is a prophet of Israel. He was going uh, in the wrong direction against God's command. God brought him by the belly of, uh, in the belly of the fish for three days. He was there and spat him out on the uh, shore of Nineveh. And the Ninevites heard about the miracle of Jonah. And Jonah was a sign and a wonder. That's what a miracle is, a sign and a wonder. It's not, a, you know, like an inexplicable, I call them inexplicable healings. You pray to God, the doctors don't know why, what causes it. Uh, you know, we've been praying for people to be healed, and they're healed because of prayer and all that stuff. That's not the same thing as a sign and wonder. Jonah was a miracle. He was a sign and wonder to the Ninevites. And so when they heard him, and all they had to do was hear a few words from him, they almost all, to a man, to a woman, to a boy, to a girl probably, repented. And a great salvation occurs. But now Jesus says, a greater one, a greater sign, a greater wonder has appeared than the sign and the wonder, the miracle of Jonah. And you're asking for Whatever sign. You, you you know, think about it. Think about your salvation. Your salvation is a miracle. A miracle of the greatest miracle in your life. And you are bothered because you're sick or something? Because there's an illness? Because there's a setback? Because you have to get another job? You lost your job? Whatever it may be. And Lord, I need you to show me that you care. Heal me. Help me. Give me another job. Whatever it may be. Give me some more money. What? You have salvation. Eternal life in you. And you're asking for a piddly something to prove God. See, this is what's what's so insulting about this. Jesus is saying the greater than the miracle of Jonah is here. And you're asking me for some sign and wonder to entertain you. What a shameful thing. What an insult. And think about that next time you pray and ask God for something. You can ask him for something. You can ask him for healing. You can ask him for help. You can ask him for jobs. You can ask, but that is nothing compared to what he's already given you. <clears throat> There's more, Jesus says. He calls himself a greater than Jonah. And he's speaking to these hard-hearted Jews and in his day. And uh, and he's done all these miracles anyway. You know that. He's gone around and he healed anyone who asked him. And even some that were not thankful. Remember the ten lepers? One thanked them, the others just went their way. He healed all of them. <clears throat> but uh, he's, he's greater than than any sign or wonder that you have read about in the scripture, that you have heard about. Oh, I wish I was there. You know, when the miracle of the Red Sea was opening up, 
or the miracle at the Jordan, or the walls of Jericho, or way before that, Noah and the ark. And, I mean, I, I just wish I was there. No. You have been with Jesus. Jesus has revealed himself to you fully in his word. You have his entire word. Everything that you will ever need in this world and certainly to prepare you for the next. You have. It's all been given to you. Right? On a platter. Almost makes me feel like I don't even want to ask for anything anymore. I've already got it, what I want. It's magnificent. I don't need to go around asking, Lord, do this for me, do that for me, give me, give me, my, oh my, what petty nonsense. It's not really petty, but that's the way I feel sometimes. But Jesus was a greater sign than Jonah in in so many ways. And I I think that telling you these things that are listed here in this, uh, there's an article that's written about it and and that I have uh, uh, looked at in the scriptures and all that. But, uh, of course, Jonah, as I pointed out, was a disobedient prophet. Christ was perfectly obedient to his Father's will. He didn't do his own, he said. I came to do my Father's will. And he did it perfectly. And he obeyed every single commandment. Perfectly. Now, he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you and me. Jonah didn't do that. Jonah was sulking throughout the whole time. And uh, he didn't want to do it. He didn't like doing it. But Jesus did it for you and for me, so that we can be saved. So even Jonah could be saved. Because he's he's Jonah's savior too, right? Uh, He's also greater than Jonah, not only in his obedience as opposed to Jonah's disobedience, but as a prophet. Moses talked about this, that a prophet's going to come after me, way down the line, and he's going to say things, he's going to teach you things, and you better listen. For anyone who does not listen to this prophet that comes after me that's greater than me, and Moses was the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, if anyone doesn't listen to what I say, he's going to be condemned. Right? And that was pointed out in Acts chapter 3, quoting Moses, And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet, which is Jesus, shall be destroyed from among the people. Destruction. Anyone who doesn't listen. Is anyone not listening? I don't think so here. But just go a few steps from this church. Maybe a few uh, houses down from this place. Or up. Or over. And you will find tons of people who don't care a whit, who aren't listening to a word. And if they did hear a word, they don't care. 
He is the prophet that Moses prophesied about. The greatest prophet in the Old Testament prophesied about Jesus. Certainly greater than Jonah. Also his response pointed out by this uh, one writer. What What do you mean? Jesus' response is greater than Jonah's response. How so? Think about it. Jonah preached... He went three days preaching that simple message. Uh, you're going to be overthrown in 40 days. Repent. You're going to be overthrown in 40 days. Repent. Didn't care about these people. Didn't want to care about them. And then once he finished his preaching, what did he do? He went out outside of the town, sat down, and sulked. He wasn't happy. But he waited outside the town, outside the place. Well... What does Jesus do when he preaches to you? He says in his word, when he preaches to you, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He goes on to say in the gospel, come unto me. Not like Jonah, who left the place, didn't want anything to do with the people he just preached to. He says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek, lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus says, the preacher who preaches, the greater than Jonah, come to me, come to me. Be with me. I'm with you. Be with me. He reaches out to embrace. Jonah left the place. That's one another reason why Jesus says, a greater than Jonah has come, and you are ignoring me. Another reason why Jesus and his preaching is greater than Jonah's, what did happen to Nineveh? There was repentance throughout the land. Great revival, if you will. How long did it last? Generation two, down the road, Nineveh went back to their idolatry, idolatrous ways, and uh, they chose to uh, the, their violence. They, they were violent people, you know, like some of the warmongers that are out there now. They were violent, had a violent attitude. And they went towards idolatry again. And so they lost. They lost out. Only the Ninevites of that generation, maybe partly the next, and then that's it. But what Jesus promises, what he preaches is that not only... Are you going to be saved? But your children are going to be saved. The promises that I promised to Israel of old. Remember, Israel was God's chosen people. All of Israel were called the people of God. Not not all of them were, but all of them were called the people of God. They were treated as the people of God. They were given the promises. They were given the the signs. They were given all the things. But the Ninevites were not. 
Once they heard it, they were saved. But a generation, two down the road, all was lost. Jesus comes and he says, not only are you going to be saved, but the promise is to you and to your sons and daughters. In other words, the same covenant that I made with ancient Israel, I make with you Gentiles now. He talks about that in the, in the, in the scripture when Paul talks about the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles that partitioned off the Gentiles from all the promises and the, co- the covenantal promises that I will be a God to you and to your children. Those things were for the Jews only. Those were not the promises to, that was not the promise to the Ninevites. Not the promise to any other nation. But now, Jesus says that the promise is to you and to your children. And to your children's children. In other words, I have broken down that middle wall of partition that petitioned off the Jews and all the covenantal promises towards the Jews and eliminated the Gentiles. Now I'm breaking down that wall and I'm giving it to you too. So now the Church of Jesus Christ, for example, is made up of believing Jews and Gentiles, which are called the New Israel. By the Apostle Paul in Romans. The New Israel, made up of believing Jews and Gentiles. Because all the promises that have been made in the Scripture, through the prophets, to the Jews, only to the Jews, and some that converted, are made to you now are given to you. As Paul says, all the promises are yea. All the, what promises? The promises to the, that, that God gave to the patriarchs, like Abraham, to the prophets, like Jonah, Moses, and all the rest of them. And all the promises are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. And the middle wall that petitioned the Jews from the Gentiles is broken down. And now the Gentiles have all the promises that have been promised in Jesus Christ from the very beginning. That makes it greater too than Jonah. Because Jonah's preaching only saved Nineveh for a generation. And then, finally, when Jesus says, he's speaking to his own generation, he says, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Brothers and sisters, This reveals a couple of very important things. First, judgment is coming. Look at the world in which you're living today. Judgment, these are all just hints that judgment is coming. There's never been and never will be in a paradise on earth or some kind of utopia. A utopia, a man's idea of utopia is dystopia. 
It's hell on earth. That's what it's going to produce time and again. Look at the world. Hear the news. What is it speaking of? Judgment. 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 You're ripe for judgment. The world is ripe for judgment. If God came today, how many people would be sent to hell? The preponderance of people living in the world today would be sent to hell. Instantly. You know that. I know that. There's no secret there. People don't deserve heaven. Not that we do. But certainly the world does not deserve Well, Jesus is saying there's a judgment to come. And he said, on that judgment day, so there's a judgment day. And the Ninevites that repented are going to stand up like the Queen of Sheba. They're going to stand and they're going to speak out against the generation of Jews that did not bow the knee to Jesus and confess that he is God to the saving of their soul. And not only that generation, Jesus' generation, but the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And he's saying there's a judgment day and the Ninevites that repented at that simple message, you're going to be overthrown in 40 days, repent. All the people that have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, much more than what Jonah preached, much better, much clearer than Jonah preached, but rather would hear soft things. Rather would have pats on the back. Rather would be given gifts of healing and uh, tongue speaking and prosperity here and whatever. Rather than wanting to hear repent or perish, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. All those people that would rather hear whatever than the truth. They are going to appear on Judgment Day. Jesus is talking about there's going to be a judgment. And you know what's going to happen? The Ninevites, who heard from Jonah, are going to stand up against you and condemn you. Because a greater than Jonah is here, and he's been preached to you time and again, and pointed up to you time and again, and you didn't listen. That's what's going on here. And brothers and sisters, it's horrifying that people that we know and and care about won't listen. No, you can't make them listen. We can't make them listen. We, We don't want to manipulate or entertain or Try to get them to listen. Pray for them. Pray for yourself. Pray for your witness, your testimony. Pray for them. Because, brothers and sisters, you didn't save yourself. Your parents didn't save you. Your grandparents didn't save you. Your church didn't save you. Jesus Christ saved you. And that's going to save your friends and your relatives and your family members and, and whomever. Jesus Christ. He's the great Savior. He's the Savior of Saviors. And so, dear people, because it still is the day of salvation, 
We're still here. The earth is still here. As bad as things get, it's all here. The good thing is that salvation, it's still the day of salvation. And what you need to do, the simple message of Jonah, the simple message of Jesus, is repent. Believe and repent. Repent of your sins and believe in the name of Jesus Christ. That's all you need to say to people. Really, fundamentally, bottom line, repent of your sin. Whatever you sin, repent before God and believe in Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. Doesn't get simpler or easier than that. Not so easy to do. It's a simple message. It's all you need to do. Let us pray. Heavenly Lord, bless us on our way as we think on these things and consider that that is the way to go. That we are greater than Jonah has appeared and it's Jesus Christ. He introduces himself into our lives and we need to introduce him to others. May we be doing that every single day in his name. Amen.